so hype right now. Anything's possible. Oh my mama! Oh my mama made it, ma! Anything's possible! Rain and Jay's back with the vengeance back. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. Ooh. This the truth like 34. Yeah. This like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. The crowd goes crazy. Most in-depth coverage on the daily. Mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings. Focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it, got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, that's the best way. Melly. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast. I want to thank you for making this show part of your daily routine. Whatever it is that you're doing, wherever you're going, whether you're listening to this show on your headphones in the car, on a speaker in the shower, whatever it is, if you're listening to the podcast, or if you're watching the show on YouTube, I want to thank you for making this show part of your daily routine. I'm John Corrales. I host this show Monday through Friday. I cover the Boston Celtics for Boston Sports Journal, and I am the author of the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars a book now available at bookstores everywhere and on my website, johncorrales.com for $30, $30, great Father's Day gift. You get a signed copy. I'll personalize it, put whatever message you want on there for dad or for whomever, husband, brother, for yourself. I had someone buy him for a girlfriend, birthday, birthday gift for the girlfriend, 30 bucks, not bad. Today's show is a crossover episode with the Locked On Nets podcast. I got Adam Armbrecht on the show to talk about the upcoming series with the Brooklyn Nets. All right, Adam. So what do you got? Celtics and five? Is that what I heard the other day? <laughs> is that yeah, is that was that what the rumors are? I, I thought it was was I was I not hearing that properly? Celtics being in five games, including the playing game, <laughs> I think is probably physically playing in those games might be the case. This is this is hard, man. I will say just from a, a pure basketball fan standpoint, it's weird to talk about the Celtics in a relatively disparaging way when it comes to yeah. matchups because recent history, you got players, the coaching staff, like so many of the same elements are there from very successful, strong, dangerous teams. And yet <laughs> we do not look at them at all the same way in this particular series. Right. Yeah. And I look, I don't blame you. I was listening to your last podcast and it was a, you know, every... Celtics fans are doing this. I just recorded a podcast yesterday where, you know, one of us was just like, you know, this is going to be a sweep. It's going to, you know, here, here's my number one question here for the Celtics is, is what happened this regular season exactly what's going to apply in this playoff series? Or are we going to get the Celtics that made that Western Conference playoff run that came back against Denver and the team that beat the Clippers twice and the team that that has in big games stepped up whether they've been shorthanded or not and that that's my biggest question because the Celtics have right now what they haven't had all season long which is rest and practice time which no one's had but the Celtics have because of their short turnaround have so desperately needed it that I just wonder what that's going to mean number one and like for them, for their own performance. And, and even if it does impact them, what does that mean for this series overall? Yeah, it, it's hard <laughs> to see, you know, and, and again, cause I, I like having good series. I, you know, it was funny when 
when it was lining up, you start thinking about Washington and, and, and Boston playing each other. And you thought, well, Washington, for as good as they can be offensively, that's the kind of matchup that you love for the Nets. Yeah, try to run with us. We'll outshoot you. You won't be able to you know, keep pace. But then as you came down the stretch, Boston, it's, it's because of the injuries. Right? I mean, yep. losing Jalen Brown being out it, unto itself, right? Because actually Doug got himself into a little bit of hot water uh, with Twitter and, and you know the fan base when he said, listen, if you look at the players on both sides of this matchup, you know, you're going to take Tatum over Kyrie Irving. And it's not a knock on Kyrie Irving, but Jason Tatum, the position he plays, the skill set, all those things. And it's it's in that vein of starting a franchise kind of mode. Sure. And it, you know, and then they go, he just joined Kyrie Irving, the ninth player to, you know, put up the 50, 40, 90 line and all this stuff. And you go, right, but the impact that that Tatum can have on a game like a 50-point performance against Washington to get into this position is something that's very unique for, for that skill set, that player, that age, all of those things. The unfortunate part is Tatum could put up 50 points a game against the Nets and they could still lose. Because what, what did what did uh, Walker put up? 20, 27? 20, right. So they combine for 79 points yeah. to beat Washington. You can combine for 79 points between those two players every game of the series against the Nets and still be losing by 15 points every game. And, and and that's a shame because it means that Boston does not have the pieces to support quality performances like that. And I think we talked about it with Matt Brooks. It, it, we look at the bench of Boston, right? Mm-hmm. There is just not enough depth there that when you come out of the starting unit and the Nets can feather Harden into the second unit with some of those guys – Who's going to match up and just stretch seven minutes before you can get Tatum and Walker and those guys back on the floor? Well, it's going to be a lot of Tatum and Walker and those guys on the floor. You're looking at Brad Stevens said it the other day. Says, You're going to see a lot of 40 minutes plus for, for Jason Tatum. He's going to get like he's going to come out at like TV timeouts and he's going to get like rest around the quarter breaks. And look, that might be enough where it's. It's a chance for Brooklyn to go on a run. This is the way I look at it. They, the Celtics still had a big lull in the second quarter against Washington. And they managed, they, they got down eight and they managed to cut it to two at the half. Uh, if that happens against Brooklyn, they're going to get down 20 and they're going to hope to manage to cut it to 14 at the half. And that's, that's going to be just, that's going to put them behind an eight ball. And, and as far as Brooklyn defensively, I know that they've figured out a couple of things, and and but there's there's still not a great defensive team. You don't have to be a great defensive team. I think if Brooklyn plays defense for like five minutes in this game, like that's literally all you need. Five minutes of Celtics go scoreless for like three, and you, and you go on a twenty to two run, and that's it because you're you're just not catching up against the the Brooklyn Nets. Like they they just get too many too many weapons. So. Cool. And we had talked about this, right? That, that, that I think you're right. And that's it's it's all you need is four or five really good defensive possessions. That that's the key here. Can you get a couple of key stops when you need them? There's a couple. There's a couple of things. One on the Tatum piece, I want to ask you is, I mean, how disappointing is it that he had to deal with COVID? And I mean, I, I know that that was a storyline all year long, and rightfully so. It drained him, and it just took him so long to get back. Now maybe he'll. They'll, they'll benefit of the gap between these, right? Two days off in between each of the first three games yep. in this series. So certainly he should be as healthy as he could be. But I, coming into this year, off of last year's performance for him, this was 
MVP, this is upper echelon player about to take the next big leap. And it feels like it's been kicked back six months for him or, you know, half a season for him. That's that's the thing. And a lot of people I I didn't hear Kendrick Perkins say it, but I saw the tweets about, you know, he's tired of the excuses for the Celtics and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, there's a there's a percentage of people who who say that that's all this is is excuse. But a lot of teams have gone through covid and and these um, health and safety protocols that that took a lot of players out. But how many have had them with their main guy Um, and Tatum with with not just missing the time? There's there's really three things that happen. First, Tatum gets covid and misses a bunch of time. Second. A bunch of games get postponed, but rescheduled within that month of February. So all of a sudden, the Celtics' already condensed schedule gets packed to a point where it's like five games in seven nights, and he's just coming off of COVID, and they have to play that schedule. Kemba Walker is still just coming back off of that the 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 knee thing, and is not playing in a lot of those back to backs. So the Celtics really got hurt there. And the third thing is, this is a long haul recovery for for Tatum and. He only like he was on the Woj pod like last week or two weeks ago and said, you know, I'm still I'm still not breathing entirely right. And he said that he needs an inhaler before games. And so he's only just starting to to feel like his old self. That's just impossible to to have a, a great regular season. Like the fact that the Celtics were 500 with just that alone happening then you factor in Kemba Walker didn't play in any of these back-to-backs and everything I just said that now Jalen Brown is out because he has surgery and Marcus Smart missed significant time like I hate to say it but they like the Celtics if you want to call them excuses or not these are the things that happen these are the reasons why the Celtics have had the season that they've had and it brings me back to my original point if Tatum's feeling his best now and and Kemba Walker is playing like like the old Kemba Walker right now if they can get an Evan Fournier to kind of step up, and if Marcus Smart can can kind of fill in whatever gaps and uh, and attack and get past that initial you know defender and get into the middle of the lane, Marcus Smart driving and kicking, and these guys getting into the lane and driving and kicking. I don't know. I'm not saying that they're gonna win anything. The the, the I don't know if you know boxing at all, but I, I compare it to Chuck Webner versus Muhammad Ali where Wepner was knocked Ali down in the ninth round, one of only four times Ali fell in his career, and he nearly lasted all 15 rounds. You know, and by the end, he looked like, uh, I call it a marionette handled by a drunk puppet master. But <laughs> that that's, I think, what the Celtics are, are at least hoping to be. Knock them down once, make their lives hell, get to the end, and by the end of the series, have people go, God, that was a fight, man. That was a fight. And you had to knock him out, and you had to go the full 15 rounds to knock them out. So that's that's what I'm hoping for. I understand the where the Celtics are. I understand where the Nets are. The Nets are title favorites. The Celtics have this is a lost season. But I don't know. Maybe maybe they can get down a, a knockdown here or there. Maybe they could take one, maybe two of these games. Who knows? Going to get back to the conversation with uh, Adam in just a minute. But first, the show is brought to you by Theragun. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh, weigh on your body, whether you are an elite athlete or someone like me who sits here in front of a camera and a microphone for most of the day. Just making it through the day tension-free is tough, and Theragun can help. It is a handheld 
percussive therapy device. It releases your deepest muscle, muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power. You might see this in use during games, players on sidelines using uh, a device like this to work out kinks in their, in their leg muscles. Uh, it is uh, as quiet as an electric toothbrush, and the Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good, it gets to the source of pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, an injury, or the stresses of everyday life, there is no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4, the OLED screen in design make you feel like you're holding something from the future. Just go to their site, check it out, and the Theragun app learns from your behaviors and suggests guided routines. Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, and hundreds of thousands of customers. Try Theragun for 30 days starting at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash lockdown right now. Get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash lockdown. Theragun.com slash lockdown. Have you subscribed to the Lockdown Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist and you can follow us on Spotify. Hey, be sure to check me out on Locker Room. Today's show is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is a uh, kind of like a sports talk radio for your phone. Hop on into my room. Get up on stage with me. Talk to me. I'm doing one noon Friday. Noon at on Friday on Locker Room. So make sure you follow me at John Corrales. And we're going to talk, talk Celtics, talk playoffs, all of that stuff. Noon at Friday. Make sure you're signed up. Use your iOS device. Beta app is on Android, so check it out. Uh, Locker Room is changing the way we talk about sports, and now let's continue talking about this series with Adam Armbrecht of the Locked On Nets podcast. It is, well, and I think you're, the funny thing about it is that on paper now, with the injuries, with all these things for the Celtics, you go, oh, that's a better matchup maybe than the Wizards. However, you know, for, this, for the Nets. However, we also talk about, if it's about coaching, well, Brad Stevens is the more dangerous coach between... Boston and Washington. And then if it's about the general composition of the roster, li- listen, can Russell Westbrook off the season that he has, is he going to be a guy that's going to be a dog in every single fight? Of course he is. But you mentioned a guy like Marcus Smart. The, the interesting thing there is I wonder about all of the value, all the intangibles that he brings and that defensive tenacity that he brings to a team. This is where I think it does fall into an advantage for Brooklyn when you look at these matchups, because unlike a lot of teams, you can go out and sick Marcus Smart on Kyrie Irving, right. and then James Harden will take control of things. You can sick him on Harden and vice versa, and, and that, I think, is the other element of this matchup where you go. Now, and by the way, I, I do agree with you. I think by the end of the series, it could, be, it could be four games, and I still think that the Nets will look back at it or you know pundits will look at it and say – that was the hardest possible four-game series, the hardest sure. possible five-game series, because that's what the Boston Celtics team is. But when you look for at guys like Marcus Smart and what they can do for you, it is the matchup that, from a net standpoint, that says, "Yeah, unfortunately for you guys, we have a double down on some of these positions on some of the matchups that make it more difficult." And then even for a player like Tatum, we're not going to shut him down. 
but you can throw Kevin Durant on him for a while. This is this is my favorite thing to do, and Doug Norrie loves it. Nicholas Claxton is going to have his little roles in early playoff series, and one of the things that's nice about his versatility is you can put him on Tatum. It doesn't mean to shut him down, but it means he can extend out and defend him to the perimeter at times. Likewise for a Blake Griffin. We all know he's not that good defensively, but he's smart. He's a veteran player, Jeff Green. So the versatility the Nets have in that way, we just get to say, Tatum, you're the best, most dangerous weapon. We're going to throw seven different looks at you to varying degrees of failure, but it's still going to be something that we can run out there time after time, possession after possession, where the Celtics just don't have those options. Yeah, and this is going to be the key, I think. The, the Celtics know that that's coming. The Celtics know that a double team, triple team, whatever different looks coming at Jason Tatum. Tatum has to know. They're, they want to get the ball out of your hands. And you say, okay, you know what? Do it. Get the ball out of your hands because we don't trust Brooklyn in rotation behind that. And if you get the ball out of your hands to Marcus Smart or to Kemba Walker uh, or even Evan Fournier, all three guys can attack. Marcus Smart is a tremendous passer, an underrated passer. All three guys, if if there's some kind of turbulence defensively behind that, you can get into that and who knows, maybe you get somebody cutting, back cutting from the weak side because someone's too occupied, okay? You double team Tatum out at the hash mark. Tatum kicks it over to the, the middle of the floor. You attack, someone goes over from the weak side and then there's your cutter drop it off, reverse layup, go down, set your defense. Like that type of stuff. If if the Celtics, and, and here's the thing, that the, the Celtics have not done that this season. And going back to my original point, how much of what they've done this season really does apply here? If they can get past, if they can break that bad habit, if they, with that pre- uh, practice time, that preparation, that rest, and they just get a little bit of repetition in practice, about cutting back door and understanding that this is what they want. Then if you can break that defensive strategy from the nets, what's their plan B? Can they, do they have a plan B? Do they just go into like, well, let's just, let's just check them and, was, and get into a track meet. Yeah, screw it. Let's just, uh, we're just going to say there isn't really the, the plan a defensively for the nets. Isn't exactly the you know most concrete. So the, the plan B is mostly, so look at that as a bucket on the inside for Tristan Thompson. Let's head the other way and look to knock down our triples. I think you're right. There is a world that again, where the nets just say, yeah, we live with the results on that end of the floor. This is about, can you come chase us? And then I was just thinking, you mentioned Tatum and having to, he's going to have to trust when the Nets try to get the ball out of his hands, trust his teammates. This feels, this particular postseason, you know, this run for the Celtics this year, this has a bit of a vibe after losing Brown, kind of like LeBron early Cleveland days, where, you know, at a certain point in his, when he said, I'm going to make the right basketball play. Now everyone's going to scream, Tatum or LeBron, you got to take over these games. You got to score 50 every single night. But, in order to win games, in order to win series, you know it's going to take more than you. It's going to take more than those kind of performances. And I think you're right. You know, can Tatum trust and rely on? And then can those guys behind him reward him for the trust? Right. And I think for Fournier becomes an interesting player. What what did you see? I know he came in and then immediately went into protocol once he was part I mean, of it. So it's like it's like just I mean, <laughs> how, many, how much bad will can befall the Celtics. But let me just tell you, not only did he come in. And get into the like he came in, he got traded, he got a false positive. So he missed the game with health and safety protocol with a false positive, played what one or two games, and then actually caught COVID. 
Yeah. That's how screwy this season has been. I'm I'm sorry for interrupting. What's your what's <laughs> no, no, a hundred percent. Yeah, it feels like you know, it's funny. Everyone says the different teams are going through different things, right? But I think certain teams had a much worse experience than others over the course of the, another a second weird year for the NBA. But no, but have you seen anything from Fournier? I mean, because it's funny, the Nets with Orlando always struggled there with how they were comprised with with Vucevic and Fournier. Those, those were always a difficult team for the Nets historically over the last handful of years. But when you get when you get players off of that roster and you see them other places, I, I, sometimes I think it crystallizes it. It's like when the Nets traded away Karis LeVert, traded away Jared Allen. When I see Jared Allen now in Cleveland, I go, Oh, you're just kind of an average size guy that can do some things, but you're just a guy in the NBA. When it's on your team, it's like, no, this is a cornerstone piece. <laughs> then you see him somewhere else, and it feels a little diminished. Did you? Did you? Do you think you've seen better returns from Fournier as a Celtic than what you saw from afar in Orlando? Yeah, I mean, it's been tough because he had first of all the COVID stuff. So he's he spent like after he came back from that he had some really bad games and he said it, he felt like he was playing with a concussion. He had that, that fog. He actually got a, a vaccination shot because he had heard that that actually helps clear some of those, those symptoms. And so far that's been okay. I mean, what I've seen from him is, is, is not the level of Orlando because the ball isn't in his hands the whole time. I think he hasn't had the opportunity to really fully immerse himself in this team. He's just kind of been, floating along come in and you know Kemba's starting to figure things out and Jalen Brown was still there and now now he's coming back and Jalen's out and so this goes to you know practice and all of that stuff well what's what's he going to be able to figure out he's been more of a spot up shooter kind of guy attack the closeouts a high level version of that and and when he's gotten hot I mean he's really gotten hot so um what I'd like to see from him is more attacking uh, running pick and roll, driving and dishing. Um, but I think I think he has a real strong opportunity to do that against Brooklyn in that scenario that I was saying before with Tatum. If you're, you're throwing two at Tatum and you're playing four on three, then Fournier has a chance to to feast in that situation. And it's gonna be interesting to see, you know, where he and Kemba kind of sit. Does does Fournier end up going to the corner and cutting? Is it smart? Is it Kemba? Do they just rotate and just, hey, this is if you're close here, you do this. And uh, I'm very curious to see how how Brad Stevens kind of runs that. But I think Fournier can be can be really good. I'll tell you the one guy that I'm I think could have made this series actually interesting is Robert Williams. And and that's gonna be my my wild card because I mean, you guys have known like he kind of Jared Allen-esque, like the the hard rim roller rim protector kind of guy that that puts that puts a lot of pressure on the defense and if if now he's got turf toe and he really aggravated it in that play-in game so I don't know what he's going to be if he can be anything close to his former self 75% of himself even then if you do blitz uh Tatum and Robert Williams is on the floor and you've got three other ball handlers there then there's a potential where Robert Williams can can be doing some chin-ups on the rim, and then there, there's going to have to be uh, an adjustment. But Robert Williams could be the key to this series. If you don't have a healthy Robert Williams or, or, or an effective Robert Williams, then putting Tristan Thompson in there is just not going to be uh, not going to be very effective. And to that point, I think 
and you tell me what you think about this. I think if Tristan Thompson plays, you you put Jeff Green at center and you say, okay, Tristan, go post up Jeff Green. We want to see how that goes. And just turn Tristan Thompson into a guy who wants to feast and play back to the basket. And that takes the ball out of everybody else's hands because he is like a big mouth bass. He will take that bait and just go with it, baby. I, I think you're a hundred percent. It can be Jeff Green. It can be Blake Griffin for stretches. It doesn't matter. Sure. You know, it, it, that would Anything be that draws him into that post up game. That would be the almost the perfect scenario for the Nets because it's funny you're mentioning Williams and for us when we looked at it, you say, boy, Tristan Thompson is almost the prototypical matchup that you want at the five for the Brooklyn Nets. He's a guy that wants to be closer to the basket. Yes, he has a perimeter shot, so to speak, but he also doesn't have the ability to put the ball on the floor and take you off the dribble and drive the lane. So if he's on the perimeter, you can put a lot of different defenders out there and keep them in front of you. So there's not, you know, he's not the athlete that you need at that position. Unlike say even a Williams where the second chance opportunities, the putback plays right. Crashing the boards is where I think he would have a lot of success. So yeah, in, in a world where, and this is where I wonder about Brad Stevens. I think that he'll see that and try to make the adjustment away from it as best that he can, but it feeds back into the death piece. If Williams is struggling with injury and Tristan Thompson is in there, there's not, you know, what's the next layer deeper? How does, how does, how does Boston go quote ultra small and try to just spread things out? Because I I'll circle back to what you mentioned about Fournier, because when you, when you talk about say the ball being in Tatum's hands, now, if you can get Marcus smart cutting, and getting a, getting the lead feed from Tatum, driving the lane, and then it's the, the secondary pass off of that that leaves open Fournier because now it's the third matchup that the Nets are trying to keep their eye on. And if they're having struggles with their switches defensively, that is where somebody's going to be in the corner. We've seen this over the course of the season. The Nets, you can... You can find guys just standing as if it's a six-on-five matchup or a five-on-four, and the Nets forgot to put in their full boat of players on defense. So there, there is a world where that can become a very big factor for you. I, I, I just, you know, and I, I don't know why I'm trying to make a case for Boston, but I, I just think it, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to paint those scenarios where it happens for five minutes and then the Nets make an adjustment. Okay, now, Stevens, what are you going to adjust to off of that? Okay, let's make another additional adjustment. At a certain point, you just don't have enough moves to make because you don't have enough pieces to make the moves that would respond to it. Back to wrap up the conversation with Adam in just a moment. This show is also brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on your sports action. If you believe the Celtics can upset the Nets in game one, then why not head over to Bet Online and check it out? Throw a couple of bucks down on it. It is, like I said, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. And you can also get the latest news, odds, and information. You can bet on games from around the uh, American sports leagues, baseball, hockey, uh, UFC, MMA, around the international sports leagues. I've seen cricket. I've seen all sorts of things on there. So you can bet on everything. Head on over on your laptop or mobile device. Use that promo code locked on. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus. So, whatever you put in there, $100, it's a $50 welcome bonus. $200, it's a $100 welcome bonus. That 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit comes with the promo code locked on. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts. Please gamble responsibly. Be sure to follow our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Locked On Celtics on Instagram. 
if you say that Williams is a potential, you know, could be a real potential factor in this series, does that make him kind of your, your dark horse player? I, I've seen Pritchard, you know, flash a handful of games over the course of the year. I like young players. I mean, yeah. is he the kind of guy that gets thrown in there and, you know, can have some fun, even just from a Celtics fan standpoint, and they get excited to see him? Sure. I mean, look, this is going to be, honestly, and this is your point that you were just making, this is throwing stuff up against the wall. <laughs> right. This, that's really what it is, man. This is, and no judgments, by the way. Like, no, like, look, this is going to hold your feet to the fire about say, why did you try that? Because I'm trying anything. Right, right. We're, we're going to we're going to see what works on a game to game basis, because now it's all about adjustments and all of that stuff, like you said. So you try Robert Williams. If he OK, let's say Robert Williams is not effective. So then what do you do? Uh, do you go with Tristan Thompson? If Tristan Thompson is killing you with his post ups and not moving the ball, then what do you do? Do you go with Grant Williams? Grant Williams has had kind of like an eh season like he's a second year player at his best he can hit those threes and he's a strong guy he's small but if you're going small then maybe maybe that's the answer or maybe if you get dj in there you go small and you just say all right well let's pull dj out a little bit and say you got to guard grant williams you got to figure something out and and here's the difference between the two teams boston's adjustments are grant williams Right. You know, and your adjustments are basically like, let's just play James Harden a few more minutes. Like it's, it's you know, <laughs> right, yeah. like James, I, I you go 43 instead of 40 tonight. Thanks. Yeah. Like that's, that's basically it. Like, oh, uh, let's, you know, oh geez, I've been staggering these guys. Let's just play all three guys together for a few minutes and then let, let's go. So in, in, in a vacuum on 2k, there's, you know, a potential where the Celtics can kind of keep it close and, and keep it you know, from getting out of hand, but you can't rely on the guys that I'm suggesting. Yeah. Peyton Pritchard could come in there and hit a few threes, but he's small. And the second that he's in there, if I expect the Celtics defensively to switch a bunch, uh, they'll throw some zone out there. They'll do all sorts of different things to try to keep those guys in front. You don't want to have James Harden in the lane throwing lobs. You don't want to have him running off of pick and rolls. You've got to, you know, that's why I think Marcus Smart's going to be all up in Harden's grill, trying to frustrate him like he has in the past. And it's going to basically be, I think, Tatum on, on Durant, but there's going to be a lot of switching because you just can't have those guys turning the corner. So what's Durant going to do? He's going to find Pritchard's guy and he's going to post up Peyton Pritchard and he's going to take jump shots because he won't even know that Pritchard is there. That <laughs> shot, that jumper is going to come literally like five feet above Pritchard's head. So that's not going to be bothered at all. So yeah, Aaron Neesmith is a guy who has come in big wing switchable. Sure. Rookie who's had a very rough season up until recently. You Romeo Langford, a guy who's had a completely lost season, another COVID case. He came back off of wrist surgery. The day he was supposed to come back off of wrist surgery, COVID. So he's missed the entire season. He's been a mess, but 6-4, switchable, long arms, can play good defense. What's he going to do? What, what are we looking for from him? These are all guys that, if they play their absolute best, might be effective for a little bit. But then, at some point, Kevin Durant's going to be like, oh, yeah, you're Romeo Langford. <laughs> let, me just, let me just drop four, four buckets in a row on you. And then it's like, well, we had it to four, and now it's 12. And, you know, you keep, maybe you can cut it to six, but it's going to be like the ocean, like the, the tide coming in. 
Like it just keeps coming and then it pulls back and it just keeps coming. And next thing you know, you're up over your head. Like that's what the, I feel like that's what these games are going to be like. Yeah. And, and like I say, I, I think the, the, the biggest thing to me is if, if Boston just, just forces the nets to really have to earn the, the victories. And this is unfortunately from a Celtics fan standpoint, this is the Nets saying like, how much of a speed bump are you going to be for us? Right. That, that's what we're talking about. Well, and true. it, it and and if you and if you tax us, if you make it more physical, if you get a few more minutes out of all the stars in order to earn it, then that that affects us in the deeper playoff picture. And that's by the way, that's something that I think for a Celtics team this year, you can hang your hat on that almost. Hey, we really annoyed the crap out of the Nets for four or five games, and when they're maybe struggling against the Bucks or struggling against the 76ers, we had a role in that. Yeah, you know, we sure, we we, sure. we did a little something there. Uh, the only thing I want I want to ask you. Um, is about Brad Stevens. It, it, what's the state of him? I, I mean, it, has the fan base turned on him? Has he lost touch? I mean, early in the season, there was that speculation that it was kind of like he doesn't have the right personality anymore for the team. That seems odd because it's a lot of the same guys that have been there with him. I mean, I, I know the voice sometimes gets a little bit thin in the room after a certain amount of time, but some of it was like that, that you know, he's lost the coaching acumen, which I don't think is a thing that coaches generally lose touch with. Right. Um, I think we've seen that when he's got better players around, the, the, suddenly he's a better coach, right? Like Steve Nash is a really good coach, right? Like that's kind of how it goes. <laughs> um, uh, I, I think that Brad Stevens, like the criticism of, of Brad Stevens, and it's come from like a vocal minority. I don't think it, it, it's funny from my side. I I see just from Twitter, which I know Twitter is not real life, but. Um, you, that's the only connection I have. And, and people are like, why does everyone in the media refuse to blame Brad Stevens? Well, maybe because we're all around these guys and we kind of see that it's, this isn't really Brad Stevens fault. Like, why is he playing Grant Williams so much? Who else is he going to play? Like there's, right. there are a lot of things and you know, there's a criticism that he doesn't play the younger guys and all this other stuff. There's been all sorts of criticisms. Bottom line is, he hasn't had a fully healthy squad. He hasn't been able to, like, if this season was a normal season and the COVID didn't exist and they had practice time and all that stuff, who knows what this season would have been like. Yeah. You know, if this season had just started in January, like they had originally said, then Kemba Walker, the original plan was for him to come back in January, which he did, but instead, <laughs> instead of being there for the start of the season, he missed like 20 games. So... Who knows? I, I don't think Brad Stevens has been any worse. You look for signs that a, a coach has lost his team. You look for things like, you know, do they have any resolve to come back? And they do. They, they have come back from big deficits. So it's not like they're just like, you know what? Forget it. I also hear these guys in the postgame Zooms. They're echoing what Brad Stevens is saying in the locker room. So if you're repeating kind of what the coach is saying, that means you're listening to what the coach is saying. So that that level of kind of staying on message means that they're sticking to their, you know, they're sticking together. So I don't think that he's lost the team. I don't think he's lost the ability to coach. I think what he has is lost the ability to have a fully healthy team to maximize what they can be. So, you know, it how many great coaches have almost been fired. I mean, Greg Popovich was almost fired for God's sake. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know where Brad Stevens is going to stand historically, 
I don't know where he stands in the league right now. There are a lot of great coaches in this league, but I think he's a pretty good coach. And if the Celtics were to get rid of him, they would regret it. And another team out there would just be like salivating, like, oh my God, yes, thank you. <laughs> let's you know, let's sign Brad Stevens to a multi-year deal now. The question for the for another day would be where does uh, Danny Ainge stand in the in the in the circumstances of it all? And what that's, role does he play in in Brad Stevens' ability to have success? But that's you I know we'll do a whole podcast <laughs> on that when the offseason comes, which might be in a couple of weeks. So no, we'll listen. Uh, yeah, listen. Don't 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 trust Twitter too much on this stuff. But no. <laughs> uh, I, I am looking forward to it. Uh, I, I'm I'm going for. I think I think the gentleman sweep makes yeah. sense here. I think the Celtics and Stevens and uh, all things being considered, earned a 500 record this year and got their way in. I, I think they're worth one and a couple of really tough games. Yeah, I can see that. I you know I might give them as I might give them a second one. I think there's there's a Tatum game where Tatum wills them to a win. There's a potential for a Marcus Smart game in there where he just annoys the crap out of James Harden and Harden elbows him in the face and gets a flagrant two and gets booted and the whole (laughs) thing goes nuts. Like something like that. Like a game in Boston where it's a full full stadium. At least one of these games are going to be full capacity in Boston. Um, In fact, game three is the day before full capacity and game four is definitely going to be full capacity. I wonder if the state's going to be like, you know what? We're going to say full capacity as of 8 PM the night before to see if they can get like a full arena there. Um, but I can see like a, a Kyrie overreacting to Boston fans, smart, annoying the crap out of James Harden and just one of those. All right, you know what? Throw it away. We lost our composure type of games from Brooklyn, but that I would I would max out at two. You're probably more on point with the one win, um, and then just just got to hope that for the Celtics that they, I I just want them to make Brooklyn feel them by the end of this. Like by the end, I want Brooklyn to be like, damn, we had to earn that win. However many games it takes. Saturday cannot come soon enough. Love it. All right. Thanks to Adam. Thanks to. Everybody that's uh, been watching and listening and everything, we'll see how the Celtics do in game one. I think this would be the one to steal if they're going to steal one. Uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll talk to Adam again at some point during this series, provided that it's not a complete disaster for the Celtics. Uh, but I have hope. I have hope that things will go at least better because of their practice time and their increased familiarity. I mean, a little, a little practice goes a long way with this team. So make sure you're subscribed. If you have not to locked on Celtics, make sure you're listening to locked on nets to get their perspective throughout the series as well. Please follow the show on YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube show, share all of these links and tell everybody to listen and watch the show. And also check out the locked on today podcast where today they're talking about Steph Curry, not being enough for the warriors against the Lakers. Lakers are the seventh seed. They'll play. They play the Phoenix suns. The Warriors have to now play Memphis for the right to go up against the Utah Jazz. That's all coming up on Locked On Today. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.